Welcome to this week's episode of Beauty Babble. Today we're talking about the most common challenges that business owners in the beauty industry are currently facing. We're joined by Tiffany Starchuk. She's a coach and consultant with 26 years experience in the beauty biz as an esthetician, educator, spa manager, and dean of a private vocational aesthetic college. She's the founder of Tiffany Starchuk Consulting. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to our conversation. Yes, it's, we're excited to have you. And um, we're going to try to keep this on one topic because Tiffany has a wealth of information and experience to share with everyone. So um, I don't think this will be our last episode with Tiffany too. <laughs> yeah, so I guess breaking right into it is what's the biggest concern or questions you're getting from the beauty business owners? Currently, and this is, you know, one, one, two of these questions, I would say actually are, are continual. It's not just right now. It's, it's been, you know, for, for probably the duration of time I've been working with business owners. And that is not only where to find quality employees, but how to keep your staff retention. You know, as we know, the cost of the cost of retraining is extraordinarily high. And as we know, our client base develops loyalties to our service providers not necessarily our, you know, our med spa or our clinic. So that is really a huge question that is always, always lingering. The next one I'm seeing right now is very much the, just into the wellness factor, how we're, how we're bringing wellness into the spa without losing our spa's identity. If it's not fully, you know, wrapped around that wellness sector. And I would say the third, obviously, is how can I make more money? How can I bring in more, more clients, retain more clients, see more retail sales, the never-ending battle of, of retailing with our, with our service providers has always been a challenge. So mm -hmm. I would say those for sure are, are the top three that I'm, I'm seeing currently. Yeah. Okay. Are those concerns from specific size spas or is it all sizes of businesses that are facing similar concerns? I would say the largest, the largest spa that I've been uh, chatting with recently has 31. Uh, they're out on the West coast and they have 31 service providers. And I would say the wellness factor is not necessarily um, that large of a topic with them because that's always been, that's already been the foundation of who they are. Um, but staff retention, absolutely. We we've, we've seen a major shift in, in staff retention. It was never high. I don't feel that it was ever just at an ultimate, you know, peak performance in our industry, but definitely seeing that as as across the board major you know major you know I don't want to say uproar but it is it's 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 very difficult it's a, it's a huge challenge mm -hmm. just talking a little bit more about that because I know over the years being in this industry it has changed in the last short term here of that retention for different reasons is it is there anything specific you've noticed of why it's so high now like we've always had it like you said retention in the beauty industry has always been happening but before it was for different reasons than more so than the last few years i would say do you agree 
I, I would. I would absolutely agree. What I see now and what I've seen in the past probably 20 months, not only from a staff retention point of view, but even looking into the schools with students coming in, and I believe you and I shared a bit of this conversation as well, is there, I'm going to just say it, fear. Fear is a huge factor this past 20, 20, 24 months. And I find that there's kind of this I think of the Sarah Jessica Parker movie, the failure to launch. It's like this, there's, there's all this excitement. There's this drive, there's this motivation. And then the, the follow through is very minimal. And I think, I think a lot of it does stem from, from definitely from a fear base of how long am I going to have this? Am I going to be good at this? You know, all of these, all of this internal self-talk if that we already all have, but I think it's just so much louder now once mm everything was taken from us, there's, there's now this, this, this trust barrier that's, that's been really, really broken. Interesting. Is there any, a couple little pointers you could give someone that you could share maybe from all your years of experience? And if they're feeling this way, what are some things that, you know, top the three things that they could maybe work on or suggest to them? I would say the biggest part for, you know, not only as as advice, but the, but something that I really work to be strong in myself is, is being present and the quality of the conversations that you're having with your team. And that's from the get-go. I think that there is a lot of undiscussed expectations when people come into a work environment. And when we have that, I believe expectations are premeditated resentment. So if I have all these expectations of you, and how you're going to do services, how you're going to treat my clients, how you're going to, you know, recommend retail, but I've never modeled that for you. We're already, we're already off at a, at a bad start. You know, I, I hear constantly there's conversations. Well, what, what, what's wrong with her? Why is she doing that that way? Or, you know, who would think to do it that way? You know, where if, if we as leaders take the accountability and the, and truly, I feel this is very empowering to sit and have clear, concise conversations with people when we're hiring them, when we're onboarding them, ask those difficult questions. And I feel that a lot of times we get into a, a, a a space of desperation. I have five bridal parties coming in the next week. I just, I need this person. I need somebody. And I think that those of us who have been in business longer than about a year, you, you understand that somebody is not always a great idea, right? Having that right person that shares that vision, that is going to take those, those, those expectations and place them into an, a very, very clear, concise agreement I think that that is the foundation of, of building a great relationship with the team member. And when you're able to actually sit with them and give them positive, I don't like the word positive feedback, but you know, positive reassurance or congratulations, finding the great things that they're doing in a day. I think that that, that can just change everything. When that basis of that conversation is crystal clear, the agreements are laid out, both parties are in agreement of, I'm going to show up here at 8.40. I understand my shift is not starting until nine. I want to be prepared and confident for my, for my, for my first service. So these are the agreements that I'm going to keep in line. You know, everybody kind of comes from all these different walks of life, so all these home of origins. And we, then we all come in and think that we're playing the same game and, and that's not the case. Yeah, so, that's so true. <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to set yourself up with success in my opinion, by having the hard conversations in the interview, 
really following your intuition through that interview, because there's a lot of times, again, the desperation gets the best of us and just being super clear on what, what this, what this job, what this career is, what I need from you and what you need from me. And I think that a lot of the time that the courage in there from both the, the employer and the employee, that can be a big miss (laughs) a lot of the time, right? Yes. Well, you're so caught up on running your business. Absolutely. You forget you have a team there and that they're looking at you and what you are representing. And it's really like a mentoring through the whole process. Like the onboarding is the technical term of it, right? But if you're not helping and showing through, it takes time. And that's when you said there's so much um, time involved in in preparing your staff and helping the staff get ready for this. It's not like a weak process. You could be an esthetician of you know, 20 years and you walk into a new establishment, you should be treated like you're new, but respect your experience, but still don't assume that they've got this. You still need to help them be a part of the, the team, right? hundred percent. I think what you said is so beautiful because in the same token, I mean, I've been doing facials for however long. It doesn't mean if I'm coming into your, your home, into your, into your clinic, that your facial is my facial. And yes, you can, as you said, you know, respecting the, you know, the years of experience I have behind me, the same time your business has an identity in which I need to ensure that I'm, I'm providing that same beautiful experience to the client that you have and that, and that my other staff members have. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, very much so. Yeah. that foundation and that does take time. It takes a lot of time to build out how you're onboarding and the consistency of your onboarding. If we were onboarded differently, we're now coming to the table with different rules. Exactly. And I think that's a key one because I, I remember for myself, I had the same list, if you wish, of when I did onboarding and it didn't matter how many years you were in it out of fresh out of school or years of experience or 30 years or more than I had, whatever it was. I just explained this, I respect what you are doing and what you bring to this table, but you need to understand that everyone gets on boarded the same way. And do you agree? Are you willing to do this so that they understand that they're part of this and that, like you said, the consistency of having the same way is crucial to, you know, the survival of having your staff stay as well. Right. Absolutely. For me, as not having been a spa owner, as having been an esthetician and working side by side and doing, we weren't doing things the same way. And then I'm, because I'm a perfectionist, I'm like panicking (laughs) because I wanted everything to be flowing, right? I think it reflects down to your clients too. So if you're not trained, you the same way, then you don't know which Mm. which is the right way, right? So you can't leave it to the person doing the service either because it's kind of unfair to them. They're doing the service. Right. And that's something, it's huge because, you know, it's a good point to say that a lot of places, for example, that pedicure station, even lash stations are out in the open side by side almost, right? That you really have to be very aware of what each of your staff members is doing and representing and how they're doing it. Because if you think that the person next to you, that the client doesn't know, they do know more than which, and even more so now than before, because if they could be doing it at home, some of them are trying to do it at home. I mean, you can buy everything online yeah, now. 
100%. It might not be very successful, but I mean, it's not, not that they're not going to try. So they have an idea of what to expect. So that's why it's so important that they're doing very similar. Like I said, you're going to have your, your personality is going to show your uh, touch in a sense of how you are with them, your energy that you produce when you're, when you're working with your clients, it's going to be, you know, Doreen, you're Doreen, Tiffany, you're you, me, Suzanne, our pedicures are going to be the same. Absolutely. That's, that's the only thing that's different is us mm-hmm. as people, right? But mm-hmm. the service needs to be very similar because it happened. I, I witnessed it myself and, you know, behind the scenes, I had to tell the staff, I told you so. Like, and I said it, I told you so. This was going to fire back on you. Now, how do we explain it to the client? Yeah. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you did it differently. Well, and they've done it differently and whether it is above or below, you know, the expectation or, or how somebody else has performed it, the consistency isn't there. And the number one way to build trust is through consistency. So when that trust from that client is hits that speed bump, that can be that can be months to repair. We all know this. We are we are a majority women, you know, industry and trust when it's broken, whether it be with a client, a business, a spouse, a, a, you know, a, whomever, a parent. That is a long road of repair. So save yourself that. Exactly. You know, let's just let's just totally completely prevent this issue from 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 growing. Mm-hmm. Right. So no, I agree. And, and I think that, you know, especially being on, on either side, whether it's, I've been, I've come in where it's like, oh yeah, you know how to do your pedicure and, and, and this is the products we use and you're your first day. So, you know, I, I come in, I was very nervous and I remember I'm sitting there and I, I paraffin waxed like right after I soaked, I just went right into paraffin wax. Cause I couldn't get my feet underneath me. If you will. I, I just felt so unprepared. I had no idea where anything was in the service room. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching my, you know, we were doing a, a couple's pedicure. I'm watching her and I'm like, what, you know, and I'm just a mess. I, and I could re- recite the way to do a pedicure backwards, forwards, and in my sleep upside down. Right. And, and when you get into that, that, that unconfident, you know, that, that space that is not great within your brain, you're just not performing well. And, you know, the wife is looking at the husband and, and then, you know, this counterpart's looking at me. So she paraffins and I'm like, why is she paraffining? And I'm like, oh, I just paraffin, you know, so it's It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I guess when, when you're looking at, when you say, you know, that onboarding, side of things for business owners or director, manager of a spa, whoever that leader is, is to really have it laid out of expectations that you have. Are you doing an orientation? As you just said, did you show them where everything is instead of just booking them and throwing them into the service? And I've, I've seen that before too. And I've heard about that many times and, and What about one thing that I found helpful was actually the staff. I tried to do it as often as I could. Again, sometimes it was too busy and we couldn't do it, unfortunately. But I always try to make a point of the new person having a service from one of the staff members and talking about why they do what they do. And they can have a conversation during something like a a pedicure where they can sit and chat with each other and get to know the place and get to know the staff. And then the staff's getting... A somewhat of a treat you know it's not full service I understand but at the same time they're getting something so 
people willing to be models if they if you can fit that in. I don't know what are what are your thoughts on some ideas to help them yeah. without I mean if they really really want more they'll have to contact you but for Absolutely. now if we could give them a couple little pointers to Absolutely. help them get started with it. I think absolutely. I think uh, first and foremost, when it comes to hiring a service provider, I want a service from them. I want that because I'm going to be, they are going to be in all forms of nervousness. So I please extend them grace. If you're going to put this into your practice, extend them that you are, you are the employer. They are, they are a little, you know, quite nervous. So I, and maybe this sounds awful, but I'm kind of guessing that they're going to be at about a 50 to 60% of their hundred percent in that moment. But that, that is, they're going to fumble through it or they're going to nail it, whichever way. I'm going to have a really good understanding of, from my perspective, where there is opportunity and even more so where there might be opportunity of one of the, one of the, you know, whether it's a massage technique or something could, could add into and add value into what we've, what we've had you know, what we've already been going with. So mm -hmm. for me, interview process, I, you know, that is my goal. There have been times I've hired without that first day. That's what we do is I, I will, I will invest the first day of them giving myself a service, them receiving a service, and then discussing the differences in what they felt and the technique that they're doing. And then throughout the rest of the day, they spend that rest of the day, either shadowing or just exchanging services. And I have had so many people say, oh, the amount of money that costs. It says, you've already identified the problem that you are not retaining your staff. And I've had people say that there have been, I had the lowest amount of staff retention I've had is one girl saw 33 girls go in the maximum time they spent was eight days in the spa. So she's running around, running around. And if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. So you need to make a drastic change here. So when you look at that, I think that it's really imperative for you to say, what, how long do I want to keep this person for? How confident do I want them? Because the other part is, is if I'm coming in day two, day three, and I don't know you, you are, you are my lead esthetician and, you know, Bonnie for say is my lead laser technician. And I have no idea who anybody is because now nine times out of 10 spas don't even put name tags on anybody. So I'm just new and kind of floundering about the camaraderie is not there. That sense of belonging is not there. You know, the that team, yeah, the team, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so am I setting that person up to be the best they can be when they go in to connect with a client, when they haven't felt that they've connected with anybody on the team or have some form of mentor within the space. Mm -hmm. So that day, in my opinion, is, is really, really important. Even if it's, you know, you guys are going to sit and have lunch together and do the services in the morning. And then in the afternoon, you're going to just, you're going to shadow and then leave, leave half an hour at the end of the day for me, if I'm your new, your new laser technician to sit and have conversation with the lead laser tech about this is how I was trained. And I'm a little confused on why you chose this setting. Allow that time for clarity. Mm -hmm. You know, we are so with being such a fast paced society now and everything's available everywhere, we forget to check for understanding. We assume that people learn the exact same way that we learned. 
And maybe I've shadowed, but I learned really good hands-on. So maybe I say, could we come in tomorrow from 7.45 to 8.30? May I do just a portion of your lower leg to ensure that I've, 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 I've got this so I'm ready and successful for the next, the next day when I go into the client, with the client into the service room. And I think, I think that's the biggest, biggest foundational error with all of that is just that, that communication. So that, that's how I've always done it. I don't know if that resonates with other people, but it's definitely a, I'm something I highly, highly suggest. Well, I think too, if, if they haven't done it, maybe this is a a good start is to try it, get the feedback from your team as well. And maybe if you're introducing this brand new, what if you run your team through the whole concept? Absolutely. And get their feedback so they feel a little bit more part of the team, what they think would be, what do they wish they would have had? Absolutely. Right? Things like that. And they can they could work with their own team to figure out a few things to at least get that start and that consistency going Absolutely. and building building your team for the long term, not to get you through the busy season. Absolutely. You know? And I think you hit the nail on the head there as well, is that a lot of us don't like feedback. I define feedback as anything that's going to help me grow. I don't see it. I don't know I'm doing it. It's something that that is going to help me grow. A lot of people shy away from that or they get really up in arms about it. Um, I can't change what I don't what I don't know. And going and sitting with your team and asking them or sending out a survey monkey, it's free. I highly recommend using survey monkey. Mm send it to your, send it to your employees and say, what do you, what are three things you wish you had in your onboarding in your first three months? And what's one way I can have a better relationship with you and be open to receive whatever they're going to tell you. Sometimes it's not nice. I've shed many tears over, (laughs) over that. I can, I can though either choose to see that as, oh, I'm, I'm terrible, or I can choose to say, okay, I was doing the best I can. I know, I know different now, and I can go in and implement this for these people and build better relationships with these staff. And that is a question that I ask staff, I would say probably twice a month. Because that may change, that may change on the way their mood is, some of it may resonate with me, others may not. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's the act of, of me sitting across from you and saying, what's, what's something I can do to be a better leader for you, and holding that space, and they may mm-hmm. say, nothing, you're doing great, I say, great, so are you you know, and high high five and away we go. But I love that you mentioned that because if you dive into the people that you've already had and they get really transparent with you, you're going to find a wealth of knowledge there. Yeah. And I mean, even on that, if they, if, if someone chooses to try this and they're not sure how the outcome would be is you're going to have to be uncomfortable a little bit to succeed. And if you sit down say, okay, this is the survey I got, especially if you do have a high number of staff and maybe they maybe don't have that relationship where they're going to come talk to you or not sure how to tell you because you're so nice. Like there's that too. They don't want to hurt your feelings, whatever, or they think their job will be in jeopardy over it. Like there's such extreme measures to it all. Right. But I think if you talk to your staff and say, thanks for doing this, this was so enlightening. I can see that these are the top things that we got out. Share it all with your staff. The whole team needs to hear it, I think, because I love that idea. I just see a bigger, a bigger picture of it. Don't hold that information to yourself. If you're really developing a team, I think you've got to bring them all in at the end and, and, and share it. And, and then the plan 
okay, what's the next steps with that? Because I, I could can't not just do a survey and not do nothing about it. Absolutely. I don't know how many of that has happened. <laughs> That's the next thing. Absolutely. Because then, then everybody feels that, oh, I wasted my time or what I said wasn't good enough. We all go back into this, you know, back up here to this neighborhood that's not so great to hang out alone sometimes. And I, I love that you said that because share that for two reasons, not only as saying, hey, I took the time, I've read everything that you've shared with me, but also again, back to that checking for understanding. We don't experience things as they are. We experience them as we are. So you could give me a list of words. I have a different definition of them than for say each one of you. And if I sit down and say, this is what I heard you say, or this is what I'm understanding from that feedback. Can, can, can we make sure that I'm understanding that correctly? Because I can't tell you how many times I just in my head was like, oh yeah, I know what she's saying. And I go hundred miles an hour this way. And she's like, did you That's, hear anything? Yeah. <laughs> Right. That's so, so true. <laughs> it's so beautiful to hold that space with them and, and really give that time. And a lot of people roll their eyes and be like, oh, Tiffany, that sounds kind of kumbaya-ish. I promise you, I promise you when people feel that they matter, they will show up in an entirely different context into your, into your, into your world. You, I believe as leaders, as mentors, as whether you're a spa manager or an owner, whichever your title is, and I say this with grace, you know, with humility, not with, you know, ego, you're a big deal to people. People choose you for their livelihood, for, for their comfort level in that eight to 10 hour day. They trust you to ensure that they can turn the lights on in their home at the end of the month, you know? And I think we forget because we're so busy figuring everything else out and maybe we're not really thinking we're doing a great job that we forget that there's all these other eyes watching and that our, our feedback, our opinion and how we do things really does matter to, to our team. Mm -hmm. so having that time, I think is really important. I like how you're phrasing everything because <laughs> what I've, some of the things that I've experienced in giving feedback or sometimes it can come across as complaining. And on the other hand, it's been received as complaining. So having coming from that space, like you're saying of repeating back what you heard and phrasing it as in what can I do instead of, you know, what, what are your concerns with, with work, I think make a huge difference. So as the esthetician, you don't feel like you're going in with this negative, just complaining, but it's more like constructive and that you are being heard, which, cause I think if you're not, that creates a lot of like toxic culture in the back room and that can maybe contribute to turnover and unhappy staff. Yeah, very much so. And I, I think this just popped in my head. I, I volunteer and I'm highly um, involved in a personal development seminar. It goes on once a month um, down in Calgary. And this week I, I found this very profound and it's so simple, but it's, it was very profound. So I'd like you to imagine that I'm standing across from you. We're standing facing each other and the, from where you stand, the number 81 is there. Now from where I stand, the number is 18. 
neither one of us is wrong or right. And I think a lot of the time we get into this fear of, of not being, not being right. And then if I'm not right, I wasn't heard. And then this, this dumping block of, of domino effect just kind of spirals us. If we take into account our verbiage that this is how I'm experiencing going in and doing a pedicure. I feel that 45 minutes is not enough time to ensure that my cuticle, you know, all of the work is done to the level of which you would like us to, to be having clients leave. My, my, you know, my suggestion would be that we have an extra 17 minutes so that there's proper time for cleanup as well as retailing that you've told me is, is very important to you. Now, when I use I rather than you, I'm, I'm in the power of it. I'm, I'm in full power of that versus there's so much of you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't get it because you're an owner and you're not here. I hear this, this sob story from, from estheticians all the time. And I, I've had that sob story. So what's the accountability and what can I do differently? I can go in and I can say, look, one thing I need from you is I need you to be here three times a week. I need you to actually visually see what is happening here because we all know when an owner is completely absent and there's no leader put into, put into play, it's pandemonium. It's just, it's just nuts. And it's unfair because everybody is kind of doing, doing the best they can. Nobody has the authority to make the decision and everybody's afraid and you become the bottleneck. So nobody can make a decision or improve anything without you being there and you're never there. And I, I think that that's a, that's a huge thing is that if you're not there to be, be, have these conversations, maybe have a look at that. You know, everyone's got this. I want, I want to live on, you know, a beach in Ibiza and not go into the office and do all these things. I have this goal as well, but going into having a personal service business without having that, that spa lead or that mentor, or whoever you have, it's, it's, it's unfair. It's unfair. So, yeah, I think that the, the matter of the, the perception, the 18 and the 81 is something I, I would like to use at a, at a, at a staff, at a staff training uh, one time, because I think we forget how easily offended we are when really mm -hmm. I'm seeing exactly what I'm seeing. And neither one of us, we're, we're both right. We're both experiencing this as, as it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does absolutely that. Yeah. yeah me too i'm thinking i think that's a great way to conclude this 18 or 81 what do you see <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah yeah so i think i i like tiffany and i we we talked about this and i told Jareen too that i mean this is a conversation we can just keep going so we're trying to keep these a little bit short and sweet so that people can listen have time to listen but uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Beauty Babble. 